book of Ruth this morning. Ruth. Ruth chapter 1, and begin reading in verse 1. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Melon and Kilion, Ephraimites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah and the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelled there about ten years and Mahon and Kilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Wherefore, she went forth out of the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her. And they went on the way uh, to return unto the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. And the Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. And they said unto her, Surely will we return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters, why will ye go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb? that they may be your husbands. Turn again, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have an husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have an husband also tonight, and should also bear sons, would ye tarry for them till they were grown? Would ye stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law. But Ruth clave unto her. 
And she, Naomi, said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. Where thou diest, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking to her. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word this morning. and I thank you for uh, this wonderful account of how you cared for Naomi and Ruth and, and uh, even Orpah here. And, and God... Uh, we're thankful for, for your hand and for your providence over all things. Lord, I pray for the filling of your spirit to preach and teach the word this morning. I pray for my dear wife, fill it with your spirit, relaying the message in sign. Thank you once again, God, for the Sunday school classes this morning and the adults, the children, and the word that has gone forth there already. We're, we're so thankful for that. We're thankful for each one here, for those that are also here with us online. What a blessing. And God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and show us once again your power and glory and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to learn and understand that apply your word and to become godly disciples. Father, to be those that want to follow you and that do recognize that we are missionaries here, pilgrims on this earth, and that we might have our affection set on things above. And we thank you for the example of the life of Ruth and how that we can be uh, zealous disciples, virtuous Christians uh, through what we would learn this morning and by the help and grace of your, and power of your spirit and your word and for the glory of Jesus. Father, we pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Ruth is a, is a wonderful story. It always such a challenge to me as I, when I read it about simply being a disciple follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Peter wrote to us in 2 Peter 1.5, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. And then he went on from there. What is virtue? Well, virtue is moral excellence, moral fortitude, a resolve, valor, and courage to stand for the right. 
moral strength, uh, maintaining a good conscience, being right with God and others, uh, the resolve to act and speak for what is morally right. Uh, the Apostle Paul exercised in this in his life. He wrote in Acts 24, 16, and, and herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God and toward man. In other words, I want to do what's right in the sight of God, and I want to treat my fellow man in a right way by God's power and according to God's word. He sought those things. And Ruth is, is a wonderful example of virtue. When she would uh, uh, meet her husband, eventually going back to Israel, uh, in Ruth, in Ruth 3.11 we write, Now my daughter, fear not, I will do thee all that thou requirest, for all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. They knew that because of the way she lived and the news traveled. And so we're going to learn some things about virtue this morning and I trust be encouraged and challenged by it. First of all, we're going to speak of the virtues of virtue. And uh, number one, well, to add to virtue like we're supposed to do to our faith as believers, uh, number we realize that number one, virtue must be discerned. Number one, virtue must be discerned. My wife and I talk about the lesson at times and how to interpret this or interpret that. What does this actually mean? And, and what, is, what is morality? What is, what is that? Well, morality is what's right according to God. That's what it is. Uh, we may have things that we feel right or, and they may actually be wrong. But morality is what's right uh, is what's right according to God and what God would have us to do. We must discern that. If I want to live righteously, if I want to uh, follow God, and uh, the Bible says, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, if I want to do that, then I have to go where? To the word of God to discern what is right. Because sometimes things may feel right to me, and I go to the word of God, and I find out that my feeling was wrong. <laughs> Ever done that? Yeah, see, see, see folks nodding, yeah. That's why God gave us this, by the way. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. So we wouldn't have to depend on our feelings. Hard is deceitful and desperately, uh, and desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? Deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Let's get that right. Who can know it? Well, we, we can know the word of God and we can follow the paths of right by learning, by learning the word of God. What, what decision did Ruth make? She says, uh, uh, Thy people shall be my people and thy God my God. That was a big step for a Moabite. Uh, they had multiple gods. And Ruth is turning her back on that. See, she has discerned that there's just one God. There's only one true God. And if I want to follow and do what's right, I need to learn about the one true God who is right. 
and walk in his paths. Walk in his paths. The Moabites knew of this God of Israel. They were not ignorant of the God of Israel. Uh, the events in the book of Ruth uh, happened during the time of Judges. We're told that in Ruth chapter 1 and verse 1. It was a time of the Judges. Reese in his chronological Bible places the, the events uh, uh, of Ruth during the time when Israel had been conquered by Jabin, the king of Canaan. But she knows of this powerful God. And she has decided now, I want to, we, we would say today, uh, I've decided to follow Jesus. <laughs> She's discerned that Israel's God is where it's at. Because by the way, he's the only one. We may have a thousand false gods, but none of them exist. <laughs> and she has discerned virtue. She has discerned who God is. And the God that is worthy of following. In Jeremiah chapter 10 and, uh, and, and verse 10. The Lord is the true God. He is the living God and an everlasting King. <laughs> he is what? The true God. He is not a true God. He's the true God. And so if we're going to know what virtue is, we need to go to the true God. And by the way, that's what we do here because we follow the Bible. Our New Testament expounds and, and manifests even more who that true God is. We read in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 10. And we know that the Son of God is come. And hath given us an understanding. That we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true. Even in his Son Jesus Christ... This is the true God and eternal life. You got that? God has further manifested himself in that his son is Jesus Christ. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit as one. And we'll only know the true God by now yielding to Jesus Christ and becoming a Christian. And the Bible says the moment we do that, the Bible calls that being put in him. That's when we learn about God. Because he wanted to show himself more clearly to us. And he sent his son to die for us and rise again. He became a man, the scriptures teach us. And so, by the way, that's why we reject the teachings of the Jehovah Witnesses and others that deny the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he is one with the true God. If you have a Jesus that is not one with the true God, you have a Jesus that cannot help you. We worship the Jesus who is one with the true God. And by the way, in his teachings, he allows for nothing less. In the miracles that he performed, he, allowed, he, he Jesus Christ, allows for nothing less. And he said, the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Nobody in the Bible ever had power to forgive sins but God. And so we worship the true God. And Ruth has discerned who this true God is. Uh, if it was 
during the time of Jabin, the king of Canaan there in the time of Judges, then, then they, were, they, were less than, they were less than 300 years, maybe less than 200 years from the time that God brought Israel out of Egypt and destroyed the entire Egyptian army in the Red Sea. If it's around that time that the Reese Chron uh, Chronological Bible presents, they're only 140 to 150 years or so removed from Joshua's parting of the Jordan and, and the military campaign which went in and subdued uh, uh, the seven mighty nations there in Palestine. Just a little over a century away from that, a century and a half. And when Israel camped on those borders of Jordan, who was it that came out to try to curse him? Balak, the king of who? Moab. They knew about this God. And Ruth has come to a place where she said, by the way, he is the God. I believe that. She'd seen enough, I think, and heard enough from history. And I believe seen enough from Naomi's life. That this was the true God. This was the true God. She said, thy God is going to be my God. The gods of the Moabites, they would sacrifice their young to their God. Ruth knew that. She knew what they did. Here Naomi's husband and sons have passed away. But it wasn't by human sacrifice. <laughs> Perhaps Ruth pondered Naomi's sadness in losing her husband and two sons. But Ruth also knew the sadness of the many young Moabites who had been offered in fire and put on that bronze altar and burned uh, to Moloch and Chemosh and those gods. Israel, knew, Israel, when right with God, knew nothing about that. <laughs> and she wants to worship this true God. Deuteronomy 6.4 Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That was part of the uh, statement of faith of Israel. It's called the Shama, which means, which means hear. It was foundational for what they believed. Different from the world. And Ruth has chosen uh, to follow that God. Virtue must be discerned. We'll find virtue right here, brethren. Amen. We find the way that we need to go right there. Virtue must be discerned. Number two, I'm stuck in the bottom there. I forgot to uh, adjust. Virtue must be desired. Virtue must be desired. What does Ruth say in verse 16? Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee, for whither thou goest, I will go. Where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Don't, don't beg me to go away. Why? Because I want to follow you. This is something that I, want, I desire. I have made it uh, my desire. It's right, and I want to do it. And I want to follow God and, and follow him. What made Ruth desire the God of Israel? 
At first glance, we might think that Naomi's testimony and their bitter circumstances would have turned them away from the God of Israel. In Roman or in Ruth uh, uh, chapter one here in verse twenty, they return to the land and and Naomi says uh, uh, she says, "Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call you me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me? The Almighty." Hath, hath, hath afflicted me. And so she's mourning. She's, 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 she's in, in, in affliction. <clears throat> Naomi is. Naomi's, main, Naomi's name literally means pleasant. <laughs> Why call me pleasant? Look at the bitter circumstances Lord has put me in. Now, I have a note in my Bible by verse 13 in chapter 1 here. Naomi's advice to her daughters-in-law reveals a wanting or a lacking spiritually. I think I might have to change that note after this message. And I think we'll see why. She's in a difficult time, Naomi is. We have to remember, as we look at Naomi's life, we are narrowing in on a very small portion of Naomi's life. Even a very tiny portion of her life in Moab. A very small section. And yet we see evidence of a powerful testimony in the love that these daughters-in-law had for her. Even while she's going through all these heartaches. Think about this heartache, these heartaches she's going through. They left because of drought. It might have been a, some kind of sin. Judah was in at the time. Who knows? It's, it might, we're not told. There was a drought, so there's a problem there. If it was during the time of Jabin, king of Canaan, then they were being mightily oppressed for 20 years. He had 900 chariots of iron, if I remember correctly. There was great political oppression uh, when they had to leave. There was, there was the drought, so there, there's, there's, there's that, there's that e economic uh, uh, depression. And now she leaves to Moab, and what happens? Her husband dies. And if we read the word, it sounds like, the way it follows, it sounds like that, the, that, her, two, that her two sons don't marry until after the husband dies. Then they marry and they spend about 10 years there. And then, and then what? Her two sons die. Stop and think about that for a moment. How hard that would be. God should not tempt us what? Above that we're able. That makes me stand back and think, whoa. There's more to Naomi than what's written on the page. God bought a lot in her life. He bought a whole lot in her life. 
and she's speaking out of bitterness of soul. And she's acting out of bitterness of soul when she mentions sending the, the girls back, sending her daughters-in-law back. There was another person who spoke out of bitterness of soul in the Bible. He said, I'll not refrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. He said, Wherefore hidest thou thy face and holdest me from thine enemy? Or, and holdest me for thine enemy? He also said, Thou art become cruel to me with thy strong hand. Thou opposest thyself against me. He said, I went mourning without the sun. I stood up and I cried in the congregation. Who was that person? That person's name was Job. You remember what God said about him? Hast thou considered my, deservant, my servant Job? God speaking to Satan. And there is none like him in the earth, a perfect man and an upright man, one that feareth God and eschews evil. I think I need to take that note out of my Bible. <laughs> She's speaking in the bitterness of her soul. She's acting in the bitterness of her soul. God told, called Job a righteous man. Anybody, anybody ever been weak in your faith for a while? Yeah. And yeah, I guess in the essence that note is true. During that time, she's spiritually weak. But let, I guess what I'm trying to say is, let's not be judgmental or, or, or have a condemning spirit toward her. Because we likely might have been in the same place, amen? And if not, it'd be by the grace of God. Job found himself there, and God said he, he, there was none righteous like him. So we, we, can't, we, we, we can look at those things that Naomi's going through and say, she still could have been the most righteous woman on the face of the earth. But she's struggling. She's being tested. And uh, we have to remember that. <clears throat> struggling, being tested. <clears throat> Job's three friends, as Job, as Job voiced his grief, they took his words and condemned him. What did Job tell them in Job 6.26? Do you imagine to reprove words and the speeches of one that is desperate? <laughs> you, mean, you mean you're going to try to take what I'm saying now in this grief that you haven't been through and never experienced, I'm just venting this grief to my God. You're going to take these words and think this is the doctrine of my life and condemn me? He says, you'd be foolish to do that. I have to look at Naomi the same way. That's how I look at it personally now. She's struggling. And I think that she was likely very spiritual how else would those, would those Moabite women have loved her so much that, he, that, that, that even Ruth says I'll, I'll be buried where you're buried she must have had a great testimony she must have had a great testimony
She hasn't lost her faith through all this bitterness. Though she mourns, she still refers to God as the Lord and the Almighty. Uh, look at uh, uh, verse uh, 21 there. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi? Seeing the Lord hath testified against me, the Almighty hath afflicted me. What did Job say to his wife? Shall we receive good at the hand of God and what? Not evil? It was being dumped out here on Naomi. And yes, our God is righteous and he had his righteous purposes. But we understand that she must have been strong for God to bring that into her life. <laughs> He, had great, he did have great purposes for her, and we, we, know, what, we know what they are. What an amazing thing. Maybe, maybe uh, God didn't do things as Naomi would have liked them to be done. But Ruth had learned and believed that he was still the almighty God and the true God by virtue, I believe, also of Naomi's testimony. It's likely Naomi had much to share about God's power and blessings over the ten years or so that she had dwelt there. An amazing thing. Uh, that desire, I want to follow. I want to follow. Uh, In, in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1 the scripture tells us if he then be risen with Christ seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God set your affection on things above not on things on the earth you know what Naomi was telling her daughters-in-law who wanted to, uh, to follow her, about, follow her uh, back to Israel uh, she says Turn again, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Verse 11. Turn again, my daughters. I'm too old to have a husband. What is she saying? I'm a widow. And now you're widows. I have nothing. God has removed pretty much all my earthly blessings. I have nothing to offer you. You'll be going back to Israel with a destitute widow, in a sense. But you know what Ruth said? I'm going. See, because she saw by faith something greater than any earthly blessing. She saw Naomi's great God. She saw, I believe, the grace that God had, had given Naomi for so many years. She saw her grieve, yes, in her great time of trial. But she still held up the name of the Lord. She still mentioned the Almighty. He's done what He will with me. In like manner, the way that Job expressed himself. And 
Ruth has grabbed a hold of what? This faith. My God, thy God, my God. That one God, I want him. I want to be his follower. And, and she was willing to step out and go to a place she'd never been and trust to God she had uh, recently trusted. We're not sure you know, how, how long, when exactly that conversion was in her heart. But, and she's willing to go. That sounds just like the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, doesn't it? Uh, the Bible says about the heroes of the faith, they desire a better country. Did Ruth, was she saying, well, well, I just can't wait to get to Israel out of Moab because they got bread there now. No, that wasn't her heart. She was looking forward to going to the place that worshiped the true God. If, her, if, her, if worship of this true God, if what he had for her was to go into Israel, and by the way it was, then she was going. Come what may. Material blessings or not. Hebrews eleven sixteen. But now they desire a better country. That is in heavenly. Whereof God is not ashamed to be called their God. He hath prepared for them a city. What, what do we sing as believers? I, I love this. Things that are higher. Things that are nobler. These have a Lord my sight. Amen. And when our eyes latch onto those things, then the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Amen. The temporal things, the material things, even the comfortable circumstances are not emphasized, they're not magnified. They're fading away into the background, into the, into the soon hopefully to, to appear, disappear from our peripheral vision as what? As we have our faith focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. What a faith. What a faith was exercised there. <clears throat> she desired that virtue. What, what else do we see thirdly? Virtue must be determined. <laughs> virtue must be determined. Uh, we must, if we're going to be virtuous. Uh, the Bible says in verse 14, Ruth clave unto her. <laughs> she grabbed a hold of uh, uh, Naomi and said, I'm, not, I'm going nowhere. <laughs> I'm going with you. I'm going with you. Verse 17, where thou diest will I die? There will I be buried. Lord do so to me and more also if aught but death part thee and me. Verse 18. And when she saw that she was, what's, what's it say? Steadfastly minded to go with her. Then she left speaking. Uh, then, she, uh, then she left speaking unto her. Steadfastly. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. In the Lord. Amen. She had a steadfast heart. She was determined to go. Determined to go. You see, that's needed. 
Because that's, that's a decision we make every day, spiritually. Will I follow Jesus? Do I want to live a life of virtue today? The Apostle John put it this way. These things write unto you that you sin not. Was that my desire this morning? Was that your desire this morning that I don't sin today? I hope so. That's virtue, amen. That we learn what's right, that we follow in what's right. Virtue must be determined. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, so that you cannot do the things that you would. You see, it's a constant battle. Your flesh and my flesh never wants to do what God wants us to do in the way that God wants us to do it. Okay? Never. Even if your flesh wants to do a right thing, it wants to do it for a wrong motive. And that battle we face every day. It's, we're going to have to be determined. You have to be determined. Make that decision. Decide. I've decided to follow Jesus. I think I'm mixing my points here, but we'll get the, we'll get the message in our hearts. That'll be all that matters. Computers do many things. I'm thankful for them. I remember studying and for sermons and stuff, and books all over the table and stacks and papers everywhere. Oh, that, that was hard. I, I'm thankful that we can look so many things up on computers and it's so much, so much more quick and it's, it's so much more helpful. But you know what? Computers can't make decisions. A computer can't make one single decision. Everything that computer does, has been, someone has already, already decided for it what it'll do. That's not the case for you and me. We have to make our decision. We have to make our determination. Joshua 24, uh, 15. The famed saying of Joshua, Choose ye this day whom ye will serve. Uh, those other gods, he says, the false gods in Joshua 24, 15. But he says at the end of the verse, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're going to serve God. We're going to serve God. In the Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith there, we call it, uh, we read about those who lived uh, uh, and walked by faith they, uh, these, in Hebrews eleven thirteen, they all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them. They believed them and embraced them. They wouldn't let them go. They believed them. They embraced them. And verse fifteen says, "And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out." they might have had opportunity to have returned. If they just thought about, and if Abraham just thought about Ur of the Chaldees and all of his friends back there and the good business you know, dad had going and all that, if he, if he dwelled his mind on that, guess what? He might have went back there. 
And as believers, we are what? Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. We are called out of the world. But if we keep looking at the world, if, uh, if we are mindful of that country which we came out of, all we think about is the riches that we have and our circumstances and, you know, and, and, and temporal things. Guess what? We might just become worldly. And I would say if our mind's full of it, there won't be any might about it. Uh, we'll follow that, that which we're seeking in our hearts and in our minds. And we'll become a worldly Christian. And worldly Christians will become miserable. And worldly Christians will be ashamed at the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. And we don't want to be either one of those things. <laughs> Sometimes worldly Christians are chastened. And what happens to them? They die early. We've learned about that, haven't we? And we don't want any of those things to happen. Uh, Ruth endured as seeing him who is invisible. The misfortunes of Naomi might have been enough to turn many away from following the Lord. But Ruth learned of the true God through Naomi, through her family. She decided she'd rather suffer with a poor widow among God's people than return to the false gods of the Moabites. What a faith to follow. Then fourthly and finally, this virtue that we seek must be demonstrated. This virtue must be demonstrated. When she meets Boaz, who will be her husband, uh, he'll do the kins, part of a kinsman redeemer and we're not going to go into all that for sake of the message this time this morning but Boaz answered and said unto her it hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done did you get that fully been showed me Ruth the way you've lived and the things that you've done have been manifest to me you see her virtue was demonstrated. All that 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 you know that that discernment, that that decision, uh, that determination uh, uh, came out uh, in in a discipline in her life, and she demonstrated the things of God. Why? Because with all her being, she wanted to follow God. So it, it so it followed that the demonstration came forth, <laughs> and all those around Ruth that knew her knew that she was a virtuous woman. Knew that she was a virtuous woman. Ruth 3.11 All the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. A virtuous woman. Proverbs 31.30 says Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Ruth's, Ruth's works praised her in the gates. Boaz went and talked to the people in the gates and, and the rulers and, and the leaders among the people and Ruth's virtue was known because she demonstrated and she was a virtuous woman. She was following the God of Israel uh, she was praised in the gates. She was praised in the gates. <clears throat> that 
this thing of being virtue, of being virtuous. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. We talked about, you know, uh, about worshiping the Lord with songs starting out the year. And, and uh, uh, but listen, we're not going to be able to sing from the heart unless we're pursuing this thing of virtue. Wanting to worship the Lord, sing, sing songs of praise unto him in the beauty of holiness. That's what he has for us. And that'll be a battle every day. But it's a battle that God can handle, amen? And by the way, it's a battle that we can't by ourselves. But we have been given all. We have all that we need to draw as close to God as we would desire to draw. And so we pray that we'll draw closer this year, each one of us. And where's the battle going to be? In here. Close with this thought around our memory verse. The Apostle Paul encourages us to go forth in the Christian life as a race and, to, and, and as a wrestling match and such. And in 1 Corinthians 9.25 we read, Every man that striveth for the mastery, that's, let's just put it this way, being the best Christian you can be, and doing what God calls you to, to do the best way you know how and, and trusting in God's strength. Every man that striveth for the mastery uh, is, uh, is tempered in all things. A guy that's going to run a race doesn't eat the whole apple pie the night before the race, okay? He's tempered in all things. What do the racers do? They buy the right clothing. They buy the right machinery for exercise. They do the right exercises. They eat the right things. They get enough sleep. They're temperate in all things. Everything that will what? Help them win the race. And God calls us to be temperate in all things to help us win the race. What's the race? It's being a godly Christian and hearing what? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Things in our life that hinder that we need to put aside. And by the way, some of them may not be sins in and of themselves. They're just hindering us from becoming godly. And, uh, or maybe something that better that God has for us. But Paul talks about this race. He says, every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. They do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. In those Olympics, you know, uh, they, they received like a wreath. You know, they didn't receive the gold crowns like, like in our Olympics, you know, and the, and the silver and all that. They just received a, you know, a plant-type wreath, wreath, wreath type thing. Their crowns were corruptible. I mean, even the gold compared to the heavenly thing is obviously corruptible. They do, they do obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Paul says, I therefore, since I'm living for eternal things that the world can't take away, I won't worry about the temporal things in the world. I'll live for God when it costs me temporal things. Because I'm going to be getting to things that don't pass away. Since this is the case, I therefore so run, here it is, not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air. Do you ever see hear, hear somebody shadow boxing? You know? uh, they're boxing their shadow and whatever. And, and really they're, they're, they're hitting nothing. Paul says, I'm not fighting like I don't know what I'm fighting. I'm not swinging just to swing. I'm fighting knowing what I'm fighting and I'm swinging knowing what I'm swinging at. 
say, what is that, preacher? Next verse. Next verse. But I keep under. You know what that term means? <laughs> I keep under. Interesting. Hupapiazzo. I keep under. To beat black and blue. To beat black and blue. To smite so as to cause bruises and livid spots. Like a boxer, like a, like a boxer one buffets his body. Handle it roughly, disciplined by hardships. To give one intolerable annoyance. Beat one out, wear one out. You know what Paul says? I keep under my body. Who's my greatest enemy? Me. The flesh in me. And Paul says, I know exactly what I'm swinging at. Anytime my old nature wants to do against God's will, there's, there's a match coming right there. And it's beaten black and blue and weary. Yeah, and, I mean, it's a fight. We have to fight our old nature every day. And I like the idea of, to the idea of making one weary. The word is actually only found one other time in the New Testament. And it's found in Luke 18.5. And there we have a, a woman that's coming to the king. And she is wanting the king uh, to avenge her uh, of, uh, of, uh, in some situation. And she keeps coming to him and 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 coming to him. And tomorrow she comes to him again and the next day. And she just keeps coming and coming. And the Bible says, the king says, I will avenge her lest by her continual coming she, here it is, weary me. <laughs> she just keeps coming and coming and coming. The Bible says, your flesh ought to say, man, I'm getting tired of this. You just keep coming and coming and coming with the Holy Spirit and prayer. Every time I stand up, you, you put up your dukes and you get down on your knees and you start praying, you start fighting and fighting and fighting and keep coming and coming and coming and your flesh says, oh, I'm getting weary of this. I'm just going to give up on this thing. I'll, I'll, I'll try something else. You know, we wish his flesh would say I give up. But, but wouldn't it be nice if our flesh got weary like that, amen? That's kind of what God's telling us. You just keep coming at him. Whenever he stands up, you trust me. You call on me. You resist the devil, what? And he'll flee from you. You flee uh, fornication and adultery and all those things. You flee the things you're supposed to flee. And you fight against the things you're supposed to fight. And you keep doing it. As though your flesh would say, Oh, oh man, this is just getting tiring. That was encouraging to me. When I read that, and I thought, wow, that's what we need to do. And that's what God's going to help us to do. Uh, because uh, we are more than conquerors, what, through him that loved us, amen. We have all that we need to be victorious in that fight day by day, day by day. And yes, we'll have weak times like Naomi and like Job when we don't perhaps give the best advice or say the best things. But you know what? God even understands that, doesn't he? 
God got Job right with him and God got Naomi right with him. And God's business was between God and Job and God's business was between God and Naomi. Amen. And in my, and in my day, when, when, when I do whining, God's business will be between me and, being, me and God. Amen. And what do those around us, friends and, uh, friends and fellow believers around us, what do we need to do? We need to pray for others. Amen. And lift them up. Someone's in a deep, dark struggle and they say some things that, that just don't seem right. Well, don't be shocked. Great people, have done, great people of God have done the same thing. And we just need to remember that. And have that spirit of grace. You know why? Because one day it'll come on us. Somebody will hear us say, say something we shouldn't have said. Uh, have us fail in some deed we should have taken care of. Or do something we should have done. Just because we're weak and worn out. And you know what we're going to want at that time? Prayers. Amen. And understanding. I'm so thankful that, that God is perfect in all his attributes. He's so righteous. And yet he's so merciful. He's so loving and so powerful. So holy. He's all those things, but all always at the same time. And God help us to run our race uh, this year and glorify his name. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you uh, for your word this morning. And uh, it's amazing how you brought Naomi through. And in the end, uh, Ruth would say to Naomi that you had given her a son, Ruth, a daughter that had been better to her than seven sons. There was a there was a mature love that you created between Ruth and Naomi that your hand had accomplished. Naomi dearly loved Ruth and Ruth dearly loved Naomi. And I believe it was all because of your presence in their lives. And Father, you are with each one of us. And we love each other here this morning. And it's because of you. And I pray that you would help us, each one, dear God, to grow in the grace and knowledge of you and to, as Peter said, add to our faith virtue this year that we would be closer to you, that we would be victorious in the challenges that we face, in the, in the sins that our flesh would tempt us with, we'd not yield to them, but know those victories, God. And through the difficulty, and it will be hard at times, it can be wearying if we don't turn to you and trust you. But we will reap the fruits of joy and peace with every victory, with every decision, with every long and weary fight, and the victories that come with it. You'll give that joy. Uh, dear God, there won't be an instance where being right with you wasn't worth it both now and in the life to come thank you God not only for saving us not only for setting our sins behind us once and for all as far as our eternal destiny 
the moment we trust Jesus Christ as our Savior. But Lord, but Lord, then for allowing us to yield to your Spirit and find the strength to live a godly life before a world that needs to see that light, that they may turn from their false gods, whatever they might be, and trust in you through faith in Jesus Christ as well. We pray for that. We pray we'd see some new converts in this church come and that we might have a part in helping them to grow. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that we ourselves would grow more mature in thee and more able, therefore, to, to help others and that you get more glory from it. And Father, we pray we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.